Aloha. I think one of the greatest joys of coming together is laying our hearts uh, wherever they are, right? Whether, there's, whether it's filled with anger, filled with joy, filled with confusion, uh, whatever that every Sunday morning we can gather together and we can lay our transparent heart at the feet of Jesus. Can I get a witness, right? No matter what walk on, that's the one thing about music that, that I celebrate that God can use these arts called music and and, and, and dance and all these things that we get to celebrate to our king and use it as a platform for commonality with one of us and to express our gratitude to a merciful God. Can I get a witness out there, right? All right, so, so for the last few, uh, well, actually almost over a year, right, actually over a year, we've been walking verse by verse through the gospel of Mark, okay? And, and I want to show you a picture that Lane sent to me about the differences between the four Gospels, right? There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I'm going to read it. Hopefully I can see it. I want you to see at Matthew, the top left, right? It says, before I begin, let me give you the genealogy of Jesus so you know this about a real person, all right? Uh, to the right, it's the Gospel of Luke. He goes, before I begin, let me tell you the backstory that led up to all of this. And then the Gospel of John says, before I begin, let me explain why it is important to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and Mark gets down to business. Here we go, right? Let's get down to business, right? I mean, that is funny. If you've been with us for the last year, you would know why he's saying that is because the Gospel of Mark is a fast Gospel. In fact, it doesn't have 20 plus chapters like the other three Gospels, but it's fast. The brother only got 15 chapters to talk about Jesus, but it's 15 chapters that is enough to tell the world that Jesus is king. Can I get a witness out there, right? He's king, and we're coming to a very intense section of Mark today. I'm going to let you know in advance, okay? Because I love you. Your heart will be cut today. The words we will talk about will define whether you're genuinely a Christian or not today. I'm honest about it. The text today is going to be sore. It was sore for me all week as I studied through it. And so this is what I want you to hear. I don't want you to hear the tone of my voice. I want you to hear the truth of Scripture. My passion, my tone, our, our opinion is not what defines Scripture. Let Scripture interpret Scripture, all right? You know when somebody texts you, and sometimes, like, like if you like Kane, all right, Shannon Kane, when he texts us, he writes in all caps. And he writes in all caps, not, not because of the whole reason of writing in all caps. Can I get a witness, right? He writes in all caps because he can't see all the words on top of his screen. And when we see all caps, we hear tone, right? Uh, all caps mean what? Loud. loud. That's what it is, right? Loud, right? And he Hawaiian. He loud. We Hawaiian. We loud, right? And all that. But for him, it's all capitalization because his eyes can't see the, the, the text. So we got to ask, ask God for one bigger jumbo iPad or something for him for see the text messages, right? But well, that's the reality. Today you will hear my tone over the truth description. I don't want you to hear that. Uh, truth is always truth no matter who is preaching as long as it's doctrine. It's correct sound teaching. So what I want you to do is stand with me in the reading of our word. And if you don't have a copy of the word, it's on the screen. But I would encourage you always to have a copy of 
your word. Starting in verse 14 of chapter 8 of Mark, it says this. Now they had forgotten to bring, say that B word, bread. Hawaiians, if you get for bring bread, bring rice. Hallelujah, all right? And they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And Jesus cautioned them, saying, say those two words with me, watch out. A lot of preachers don't say those two words on Sunday morning service. He says, watch out. Then the next word, that single word, say that B word. Beware. I told you, your heart's going to get caught today. Jesus is saying this. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Have eyes, having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, 12. And the seven for the... And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, say that word, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? God, guard our hearts today. Protect it from the evil one. Lord, may you, have, may you check out some key points in our lives. The heva, the sin, the opala the trash that is in our lives, would you wipe it away? Would you make us porno with you, dear Jesus? In Christ's name we pray, and God's ohana says, amen. You may be seated. No lalo. Jesus is not just the model of our faith today. Jesus is the only answer to our faith today. When we look at scripture today, we have to identify that Jesus is the only hero in the story of scripture. David's not the hero, though God used him, right? Right? Moses is not the hero, though God used him. Paul, Mark, right, is not the hero. Who is the hero? Jesus. So if Jesus is the hero, he has credibility to be listened to. Two amens, right on. Let me say it again. You just affirmed that he is the hero, no one else. Therefore, if he is the hero, he is the only one that has credibility when it comes to the gospel life, right? So, so I want you to see this. I want you to see how Jesus uses his relationship with his disciples to create a theological conversation that created tension not just in the group, but starting with Jesus. You got to see the puvai of the Savior's heart. It's grieved right now. It's grieved because his disciples still do not understand. And if you were a church leader, uh, as me as a kahu for almost 18 years, right? This gives me encouragement. Because we will lead people for years and they will still not understand. I want you to see how Jesus was faithful to discipleship. 
Verse 15, the conversation, 14, the conversation starts off this way. Now they have forgotten to bring what? Bread. And they had only one loaf with them in the boat. Very simple. There's about 12, 13 people in the boat. It's not enough to feed all of them this one loaf. And so their attention is not so much on the true issue of the matter. Their attention is what we're going to eat next, right? It sounds like church. Kahu, how long are you going to preach today? Because the Steelers and the Rams play at 1125 Hawaiian, and I got to get there. I got to get my sweet bread. I got to get my cold cuts. I got Hawaiian. I got to get them. How long, how long is this going to take, Kahu? Because I just got to know, because, you know, during the music time, after we worship into altar call, I just going to slip out real quick, but Jesus is going to love me, you know. Like, like, our focus is wrong. Like, I, but listen to me. We can blame the disciples on their focus. Hawaiian, you are the disciples. We are the disciples. Again, don't listen to my tone. <laughs> listen to the text, Okay. I'm a football coach by nature. All right, look at the biblical truth, right? Kyle said it last week, Kyle Marcus. Everything we experience physically is connected with what we know or don't know spiritually. Think about the disciples. Everything they know, right? Everything they know physically. What? Hawaiian, we only get one loaf of bread. What about the other people that are going to eat? I know I'm going to eat. That bugger not going to eat, Right? Like everything physical is the result of things spiritual. So, so their mindset was on physical means and not spiritual means after walking with Jesus for nearly two and a half years at this point. So, so I want you to see two cautionary remarks. And I use the word cautionary in a real way. Like when you see yellow tape Hawaiians, that doesn't mean go through. Hawaiian, that means walk the other way. That's the mode of today's text. I want you to see the cautionary, two cautionaries that Jesus gives his disciples. And it's both theological, doctrinal, and most of all, relational. Caution one, beware of false teachers. Say that with me, one, two, three. Beware of false teachers. Verse 15 continues on and says, Jesus cautioned them saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. I want you to hold Listen up, because these this illustration of these two groups is vital for your understanding of true doctrine, true salvation. All right, for the, especially those of you who play church in this church. All right, which is all of us. All right, all right. Let's just come comment that we all play church. All right, but I want you to question your heart right here. I want you to see two things. What Jesus is talking about. Number one, beware of those who teach and look for signs and revelations. Like this is how people look for God. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna try to be dogmatic about it. But it's true. Catholics are a perfect example about this. Catholics are always looking for signs and revelations. Now, if you come from a Catholic background, that's, that's your prerogative, but I'm going to speak truth. Don't, don't worry about my tone. I'm going to say what the student, and this is in the Christian circles today. Well, I'm just going to wait for a sign. I'm just going to get a revelation from God. If you were here last week, you would know that the Pharisees commanded Jesus to show him a what? A sign. This is what they're teaching people in Judaism. Judaism. The, the religion of Jews. 
that in order for him to truly uh, say that he's God, he got to give us a sign. And we know all through the last seven, eight chapters, Jesus gave how many signs? A lot. You know, in Hawaii, we say this word. You guys ready? Choking. Whoever listening to this podcast, praise the Lord, choking means a lot in Hawaiian, all right? Pigeon. A lot, man. Jesus healing. Kyle Marcus brought this thing up. This past week. Now, the reason that we got to understand is the word leaven. The word leaven has always been an illustration from the Old Testament to the New Testament as sin. Leaven is connected with how you make bread. In the Old Testament, a lot of people of God would eat unleavened bread, meaning it was flat. But what leaven does, if you put yeast, a little amount of yeast, into the bread, the wheat, it rises. Whoop, right? Are you guys thinking about lunch already? Here we go, disciples. Well, that was a picture and an illustration continuously through Old Testament and New Testament of sin. There only needs to be a little bit of amount of sin, and it rises. Hawaiians, you hear me? For us men, us women, it could be lust. We're having a Holy Spirit-filled day. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hey, right on, Hawaiian. I feel good today. Then you brought us my sister pass you by. Leaven. You understand me? Or we could boast in our academics and we can boast in what we've done right and, and our scholarly thought or, or what we do in the community, whatever the case is. At leaven, pride. All you need is a little amount of leaven. Even that old dead lef, uh, Def Leppard song, right? Pour some sugar on me. I need a little, uh, you guys never know, I knew that song, eh? But, but it is, like, like those are all forms of leaven. Like, like, like the devil, listen to me, in Ephesians 6, the devil says he only needs a small little speck to fire his fiery darts. Leaven. And what, this, what these Pharisees were teaching were that unless we see a sign, we can't say this brother is God. Unless you show us a sign, you're not God. All you need, listen to me, all you need, hear me out, is a little amount of yeast to create a large amount of bread. All you need is a little amount of sin to create a whole amount of sin. Look at it, the garden. It started not with a lie. It started with disobedience. Sin didn't start when, when the devil tempted Eve to be just like God, sin started when Adam did what God created Eve to do together. He left his wife alone. And some of you men, you need to put on your britches and pull it up tight. You are a man for a reason. Be a man. I know the kids, the chaos, and I'm speaking to myself, can, can cause us to have psychiatric flaws. Can I get a witness, man of God, out there? By that standard, we all need Prozac or something to help us out with this. And when you see how Matthew defines this leaven, Matthew says, Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Thank God for that, right? 
But we're not here in Mark. They don't even understand this part. Here are two things we know from last week's verse. Pharisees did not believe in Jesus as the true Messiah. Secondly, they demanded to see a sign and proof of Jesus. And Jesus drops the mic and say, Aole, and heads onto the boat. Like their concern wasn't about a sign. The concern was belief. They didn't believe Jesus. No matter what Jesus would have done, they would have not believed he was the king of kings, the Messiah, the true lamb of God. And look, look at this heart check. I am concerned that a few of us at Ohana Church actually holds tight to these same false doctrines. Some of you in this church are looking for signs and wonders. Additional signs, additional wonders. Instead of Jesus being enough. And I'm going to say this because I am deeply in love with God's people. Specifically Ohana Church. I can't speak for no other church, but Ohana Church. It could be that everyone in this room may have a created Jesus in their own mind and not a biblical Jesus. So the heart should hurt right now if you're a genuine Christian. If you're a genuine Christian, the heart should hurt. Because listen, tell me, if you, look, if you're Jesus of your own mind, listen to me, if your Jesus values you above everything else, that is not the Jesus of Bible. God doesn't value you above everything else. God values you, his glory, above everything else. You are just part of the piece of this puzzle called redemption. Listen to me. If your Jesus promises you that you will never suffer or never have suffering, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. There's a whole book on suffering. It's called Job. There's a whole book in the New Testament on suffering. It's actually the theme. They're coined it. Theologians and scholars. It's called Philippians. There's a whole letter, amount of letters of suffering. The Gospels. The epistles. The revelation. Suffering is continuous. But when we see suffering, oh, that's not of God. Did you know that every disciple but John died in martyrs' death? If your Jesus doesn't let you suffer, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. He says in the Gospels that I will put you sheep among wolves. But my peace will be with you. Look at it. If your Jesus says that it's okay to live in sexual sin out of the model of marriage, that's not the Jesus of the Bible. You're serving a different Jesus. If your Jesus says he will show you a new sign all the time, right? That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Then you may say, how do we hear from Jesus? Hello. (laughs) 66 books. Read one of them. This is how we hear from Jesus. I I am in alignment with the sensationist that this is complete. There is no new signs and wonders that leads to justify our relationship with God. This is enough. Well, what about the people that don't have the Bible? You're the issue. Go there. Go there. The Hawaiians, mid-1800s from the great Haile Church, right? They didn't stay in Hilo, guys. Read the story of the morning star. It was a ship out of the east coast of Massachusetts, who Keiki, Kanaka Maoli Keiki, 
raised funds and money to purchase that ship. It's called the Morning Star. You can Google it. It came to Hilo, the Bay of Hilo. They threw on that boat hundreds of Hawaiian Kanaka Maolis to go to the Marquesas Islands and the Micronesian Islands. The Marquesas Islands and the Micronesian Islands was met, was reached with the gospel because of Kanaka. That's why if you travel there, they have similar names like us Hawaiians because there was an intermingled marriage that took place because of the gospel. Are you with me? The Jesus we preach about is all about holiness. The Jesus we preach about is all about righteousness. If you are in these sins, these leavens of sins, you may not be a Christian today. As you know, we've lost many people in this church because we've preached this message. We've not backed away. Listen to me. And look, you got so caught up in sports and all this stuff. I can promise you, right? Look at this. I can promise you 99.9% .9 of the time, your child will not be an NFL player. But 99, I can tell you 100% of the time, your child will be accounted in front of the face of God on judgment day. And you're looking at the football guy here. Can I be honest with you why, why I gave up football? I gave up football because it was my identity. Won a state championship. My running back was the greatest running back of all time. In Hilo, Big Island possibly. He also had, actually he was, he was the state offensive player of the year. I found my identity in football. And it overlapped my identity in Christ. And so the sin for me was pride. I love being needed. Oh, talk to Kahu. He can figure it out. Oh, yeah, go to Kahu. Yeah, he got, like, like I love that. But listen to me. I gave it up. At the same time, I invested in, I, I did the numbers, over 900-something people in seven years. I, I got the roster. I was the roster guy. Over 900 players I invested in. And a few of them know Jesus personally today. But my boys that watch me coach, they're going to have 100% guaranteed recognition before a holy God. I'd rather invest in them. I can't understand how election works all the time, but I just know it works. That God has sovereignly chosen his people. But beware that you're not like the leaven of Pharisees. Biblical truth. As followers of Christ, we must hold tight to God's word alone to guide us and direct us in everything we do. God's word, amen? New visions and new signs cannot be our primary source of truth. Jesus has to be enough, rightly so, through his word. May you not create a Jesus in your own mind. That because he is a forgiven God, I'm going to do whatever I can do. No. Because he is a forgiven God, a genuine follower of Jesus will be different, will be changed. Number two, beware of those who use their political power for personal gain. Jesus addresses the leaven or sin of Herod. Jacob preached about this person months ago. And what we know about Herod from Mark 6 was that he was an adulterer. You can go read Mark 6. He was a murderer and one who aimed for political ambition. Jesus is telling his disciples in this word, beware 
of these kind of people that will use their political power for personal gain. His father too, Herod the Great, listen to me, was no different from his son. If you remember the story and birth of Jesus, Herod was a murderer. He killed every firstborn child in all of Judea. The sins of the father went to the sins of the son. Men of God, you hear me today? Preach the gospel to your children. Beware that we don't have spirits of political power and personal gain. And let me, let me say this very clear. Here's a warning. It's up on the screen. Don't let politics shape your view of the gospel. Allow the gospel to shape your view on politics. I don't care how much Christian televangelist Donald Trump has, all right? Don't let politics shape your view of the gospel. Let the gospel, the good message of Jesus Christ, shape your view on politics. Don't put your hope in Obama. Don't put your hope in Bush. Don't put, listen to me. Though we live in a democracy today, right? A shaded democracy if you're Hawaiian, right? Can I get a witness there, right? A shaded democracy. Though we live in democracy today, we don't serve a democracy God. We serve a, theoact, a theocratic God. Theocratic meaning alone. Like we are, our citizenship is not from the kingdom of Hawaii or the nation of the United States. Our citizenship is of heaven. Now, I am not saying that we renounce everything Hawaiian or everything American. There's some valuable things that accord with Scripture. What I am saying is don't be like Herod. Don't be like his gain of power politically. Make sure we understand that our politics should not drive our view on the gospel, but the gospel should, should give us a better view of our politics. Amen? Here's the final caution. Jesus warns them. Beware of personal pride in ministry leadership. This is the most evil outpouring of 11. Every preacher, me included, has some form of personal pride of being that teacher. Everyone. Anyone that teaches scripture struggles with this very thing. We have to come back and listen to the words of Jesus. In fact, I want to break down verses 17 to 21. And I want you to see how Jesus teaches them and giving them rhetorical questions and how they responded. Right? Verse 17. It's up on the screen. It says this. Why do you ask about bread? Look at those verses, right? Jesus asked them all these questions. He said, out of all the conversations you could have, why do you ask about bread? Listen to their response. You ready? Look at it. No reply. Next question. Don't you remember? Right? Verse 18. Jesus is talking about the two different feedings. Right? The first feeding was with the 5,000. The second feeding was with the 4,000. He said, don't you remember? Now, in addition to that, don't you remember all the things we have done? And look at the screen. The screen says it. No reply. It should be on the screen. Verse 19. I want you to see this. Verse 19. How many leftover baskets do we, did we have in the feeding of 5,000? Everybody say the number. 12. Oh, they responded. They finally responded. Look at that. Then he goes on and then he says, 
into the 4,000. How many baskets were left over for the 4,000? Everybody say the number? Seven. Oh, these Hawaiians catching on. They're the cocoa, eh? The cocoa, they get it, eh? The kidney popo, right? Eh? They, they get it finally. They're talking story with Jesus. And you got to imagine, I cut down some questions. There's more questions in the text, right? Look at the guy. He goes on. He goes, do you, verse 21, do you still not understand? Everybody says, no reply. Isn't it interesting that these men of God, Listen to me, Hines. Don't worry about the tone, all right? Still kahu here, right? These men of God, right, could respond with what they saw, but couldn't respond to what they saw spiritually. Isn't it just like us Christianity today? Like church is good when we can see that it's going good. No amens over there. Let me say it again. Church is good when we can see it's going good, we can see 12 baskets. We can see seven baskets. But when Jesus asked the real question, how do you ask about bread? How do you, I mean, don't you remember what just happened these last two and a half years? No response. Why? Because we all live by sight and not by faith. It's easier to, to, to live by what we see versus what God has said would already be promised to us. Are you with me? Kahu, I know, but my bank account says 50 cents Hawaiian today. And the bill tomorrow is $500. Right? But listen to me how, how the leaven works, right? It could be that you're a bad steward of your money, simple, straight blank. Or secondly, all right, listen to me. Or secondly, God is providing an opportunity. For to you to believe by faith that he got your bread waiting right here, Hawaiian. Doesn't make sense, Marcus. Doesn't make sense how we, for six years, have been faithful to Jesus. And people still act like, le like leaven. If I based my calling on who came and who did not come, I would quit. Five years ago. If I base my Christianity on my spouse not stepping up, I would quit that spouse. If I base everything on circumstances and not my God, I will quit. Don't you remember three years ago, this church committed to reaching 500 people with the gospel? Where are they today? I would quit. They make me look like a liar. But listen to me. What wasn't meant for them was meant for me personally. God is doing a work in our hearts that no matter the result, he is faithful. There's times in our conversations, we got to have these honest conversations. Because if we don't have these honest conversations, all we're going to be is like every other church generation. Feel good, ready? Feel good hippies from Pohoa. I said it contextually, all right? No offense if you are a hippie from Pohoa, all right? I can't say that probably in Pohol or whatever. No, I can. Kanaka, there you go. <laughs> Listen to me. That's what Levin does. And what happens is culture influenced them. It's no different from us. Could you imagine the intimidation these followers of Jesus felt after being confronted by these Pharisees last week? Right? 
Their focus was not on, you know, Jesus. Their focus was on intimidation of these Pharisees, these leavens, right? When they clearly saw Jesus at work in their hearts, and they, they even saw what the Pharisees was requesting to Jesus, show them, and Jesus, like a boss, denies them. And they're still intimidated, guilty, right? Yet, yet pride blinded them. And this is what false teaching does in the church today. It blinds us. If you go to a church, if you ever leave Ohana Church and you go to a church that talks about your feel-good position, run. If you go to a church that talks about a better you, run. If you go to a church that talks about, that elevates anything but Jesus, run. Run. Listen to me. Because you will be deceived by the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And if you are catching feelings this morning, this is perfect. Because how God confronted these disciples, he is now confronting us the same way today. Let me, and let, let me be very clear with the OPO in this room, the youth, the keiki, the children who are in this room. Don't assume, like these disciples... Because you grew up in church, it makes you a better person. That's not what the gospel is about. It's not being a better person. The gospel is being more holy. Way different from being better. Holy means being set apart. Better means clinging on to what you have. And what you're trying to... Holy because God sets you apart. You don't make yourself better. Here's me clearly. These disciples were just like you and me. They were churchy. And still missed out on doctrine. Here's an application truth for us. For every follower of Jesus. For every follower of Jesus know that the gospel is never measured by an academic process. Therefore, we never graduate from the gospel. Therefore, we must embrace it scripturally. Are you with me? As Hong comes up to end our time, I want you to see this very clear. Because I know the, the messages we preach here is challenging. And it should be challenging, everybody. Some of you who have dealt with convictions and, and prison time, you guys understand where I come from, a physical side. But hear me from a spiritual side. I want you to evaluate your heart this morning. Do you know the Jesus of the Bible? Or do you know the Jesus created in your own mind? This is why we are an expository church. We read verse by verse. Because like when you read this and, and, and the way the tone was preached today, you'd be like, oh man, I don't want to be a Christian after hearing this message. Something that may be true. For some of you. And that's probably identifying who you truly are. You're not, I'm not saying that, but you have to understand the context of these verses. It's not up on the screen, but I'll read it to you, okay? You have to go all the way back to verse 2 of this chapter. This is why Jesus spoke truth to the people that he loved dearly. This is 12. Verse 2 of this chapter says, I have compassion. God don't speak truth because he does not have compassion. 
God speaks truth because he does have compassion. In fact, it would not be your friend who would not tell you the truth. And I want you to see it, but he says, I have compassion on the crowd. What does that mean? The inner circle, the people he walked with would be the ones that will continue on this compassion. Because crowds of the earth will not know Jesus apart from this inner 12. So thank God that he would speak truth to us. Amen. Look at the action steps for us this week. Number one, get on the boat. You guys ready? Tell each other, hey, get on the boat, bro. Imagine the setting. Look, imagine. Homeboy, these homeboys, right, is with Jesus. And like he's, like Jesus is teaching them how to run away from false doctrine. He didn't tell them, oh, hey, just casually walk Hawaiian. We're good. Get that swag on and all that. No, freaking drop the mic and jump on that boat Hawaiian. Let's get out of here. Put up the sails. Let's get out of here. This is how he's confronting false teaching. Get out of it. Run away from it. All right? Get on the boat. Get, meaning get away from distractions. This may be at your house around the table. Get in a place like the boat that's isolated, and you guys can have honest transparency. Number two, have a gospel conversation. Look, sharing the gospel is not you doing cool things for people in the community. Like, that's what all homeless ministries are for right? No, sharing the gospel means you caution people of their error, both in the church and out of the church. That is true compassion, all right? This starts at home. Talk about what's not biblical. Talk about what's biblical. This is every day. In fact, when my wife and I calls out the error in our boys, we use biblical terms. This is foolish. This is sinful. I use Hawaiian terms here and there. Heva, right? this, this doesn't honor God. It's not porno with the Lord. It's not porno. Like, like this is like, we don't, we don't use the local words that we grew up listening to. You dumb piece of, right? We don't use words that aren't biblical. We try our best. I know we're not perfect at it, but I'm giving you action steps for this week. Home, I'll go, go. Right? Lastly, pray together. Use this time to teach your keiki to pray scripturally. If somebody tells me they don't know how to pray or what to pray for, you're telling me you're not a Christian. Oh, that's hard, Because eh? a believer in Jesus will be in his word. God will not speak to you apart from here. Listen to me. Oh, but the scripture, that's your problem. You're looking for a sign like, like, oh, the Spirit. The Spirit is not a force around you in all this. Listen to me. The Spirit of God is a person. If you're looking for signs and wonders for God to speak to you, let me show you the actual sign and wonder. You ready? Hello. Right here. Right here. Well, doesn't God speak to us audibly? Yes. Open the book. Read it. People can hear God's word out of your mouth. None of you got that, right? Stop. Listen to me. Beware, I caution you. Beware of the Jesus created in your own mind. 
If the word of God says what is truth, go by the word of God. Listen to me, because 100%, 100% of us is guaranteed a judgment. And listen to me, my crowns is much better in heaven than with a stupid state championship ring I get on my, oh, in my box now I'm back there. As much as I enjoy people and the ministry that I had with football, it doesn't come to comparison to my Lord and Savior. So Lord, give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. As that verse says in, in Psalms 24, who will ascend unto the hill of the Lord? And your psalmist says, those who, are, who have clean hands and a pure heart. Lord, may we worship the Jesus of the Bible and that the Jesus created in our own mind. May we question our salvation today, whether it's biblically true or whether it's culturally false. Help us, God, starting with the leaders of this church. We love you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God's Ohana says, Amen. And give the Lord a clap of praise today.